the Savior of all, comes in the most innocent of form. Father, we love you. We thank you for how much you love us. God, as we think about the power of those words that we sing year after year, we pray that you would never let them lose the meaning that this is the time of year that we celebrate the coming of our King. And so God, as we dive into your words this morning, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would give us ears to hear this Christmas story in a way that we've never heard it before. Help us, God, to cling to you. Help us, God, to be focused on you, not the things that may come after this afternoon or down this week. Let us focus on what you want us to say to you, what you want us want to say to us right now, God. And so we commit these things to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and grab a seat. I have to be real honest with you. I am just super excited to preach this morning. There's no, it's, it's kind of one of these weird catch-22s. There's, there's no greater event than that of when Jesus came to earth other than Easter. <laughs> but we could get into a chicken and an egg argument all day long, but regardless, everybody loves chicken, right? And we love Christ. And so Easter and Christmas, it's the greatest thing the world has ever seen. And, and I don't know about you, but if you can't get excited about Christmas, you're dead already. Because God has, himself has come to earth in the form of a little baby, and he has just put himself out there for us as a sacrifice. And this entire ridiculous story of Christmas is just so incredible and, and, and such a love letter to us. Because there's a lot to the tradition of Christmas that I think we don't even realize how much is there. Over the past few weeks, this happens every Christmas and, and every Easter, I'm, I'm out. And one of the places I actually love to work on my sermons is like at Eaton Parks or these little cafes. I just love being out in the hustle and bustle of people and just reading. And, and I love listening to people talk. And this cu past couple of weeks, I've been listening to people tell each other why we celebrate Christmas. Some of the statements, and I've heard this one before, is that this is the time of year where we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. That is not correct. <laughs> I heard that the Christians actually stole Christmas from the pagans, and in fact what the pagans used to do was they used to cut the throat of a goat, and, and then they would sit around this tree that they would bring from the outside inside, and, and then they would drink it. And so Christians stole this idea. I heard a woman say just the other day. And so... I started to ask some folks that I knew, some believers, some Christians, and I asked the question, well, well, do you know why we celebrate Christmas in December? Do you know why we celebrate it the way that we do? And I was really amazed to discover that almost everybody I talked to, other than that was the literal day that Jesus was born, didn't have any idea. And so this morning, as we talk about joy, I want to share with you something that may make some of you uncomfortable, but it's beautiful. And that is that Jesus may have not actually been born on December 25th. And for some of you, that may be earth-shattering news, but how we as Christians came to that date is actually quite interesting. The origins of Christmas. We're going to talk about this right now. So I've heard people say that in the 1500s, around the time of the Reformations, that, that Christians decided to steal this holiday from the pagans. 
because it was so celebrated and so commercialized and it was popular that all the Christians would just get on board with it. Have you ever heard that? Maybe some of you have heard that. That's not true, actually. It's not true at all. There was a man by the name of Polycarp. And for the kids out there, no, it's not the Pokemon. Polycarp was a bishop. His teacher was John. The John we read about in the Bible. And Polycarp began to talk about this great event that the world needs to celebrate, the birth of Christ. And so for the next 300 years, the actual date of Christ's birth would be debated and talked about. And so what ends up happening is, in Rome, there's a great transitioning happening. If you remember, the Roman Empire did not believe in God. They did not follow God. They weren't Christians. In fact, what's happening in Rome at this time is a great persecution of Christians. You remember this? And so the Romans have a set belief system. They believe in their whole pantheons of gods. And, and, and in fact, during this time of year, they worship a, a particular god of Saturn, who's a sun god. And so the Roman Empire, they don't, this Christian thing is just a mess. It, it's a rebellion that they don't want anything to do with until around 312, when a Roman emperor by the name of Constantine comes into power. And Constantine, when he comes into power, has an experience with God. In fact, when you look at this cross and you see that those two letters, that's called the Cairo. Constantine had an experience with God and said that he would forever march under the banner of Christ. And he created the Cairo, which is the first two initials of Jesus' name. And so what happens is Constantine sitting down says that the greatest event in the history of man needs to be celebrated. We need to come to a point where we pick a day and we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. As Constantine's beginning to convert the Roman Empire, Christianity is now legal. And, and, and in fact, it's actually becoming popular and people are beginning to openly talk about the Lord. And so as this culture of pagans, this culture of sinful, broken people transitions, so do some of their beliefs. The God that they worshipped is changing. So if you remember what I told you, at this time of year, they, they, they worshipped the sun god, Saturn. Did you know what today is? Today is the winter solstice. Did you know that today is the darkest day of the year? Literally today, the 21st. And it worked out so good for my sermon too. <laughs> and in the Roman Empire, they would celebrate this day because what would happen is, is starting tomorrow the light would begin to come back. And so the Roman Empire had this holiday, and, and they called it Saturnalia. And it was a very kind of perverted, for the sake of the kids, I'll just leave it at that, um, festival where there was no rules. They, they gave gifts to one another out of affection, and, and they would take up alms for the poor, and everybody was cared for. And so Constantine, in his new mind of this believing in Jesus, says, what a perfect opportunity for us as a Roman Empire to stop worshiping the wrong son and for us to start worshiping the S-O-N. And he makes a decree that on December 25th, which is literally the day after the Romans would have celebrated this holiday, we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ because the birth of Christ marks the moment where darkness is defeated. Now to you and I, 
we may not get the significance of that, but to a Roman who has spent their entire life celebrating this festival where, where we're now celebrating um, uh, Saturnalia. It's this holiday where the light begins to come back to our year. And then our emperor says, we're going to celebrate the true light of Jesus Christ because darkness has lost. Isn't that beautiful? And the origin of the Christmas holiday, if we've come to know it, was coming from a people who had no hope. They were lost in their darkness. And in their darkest moment, God said, I'm going to send you the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ. This wasn't an original idea that Constantine came up with because, as you know, this is God's plan. These are a people who are anticipating something fantastic, something amazing. They were looking for hope. And when Constantine opened the gospel of Jesus Christ to really the world, I'm going to tell you right now, church, we worship in the church that we do because of the actions of Constantine, the emperor of Rome. He made it free and okay. And he gave us this Christmas concept that we have on the 25th because it's important to remember the darkness is defeated we have a group of men in the shepherds in the field in our scripture this morning who were experiencing something just like Rome was experiencing they were experiencing this darkness you see God had not spoke for hundreds of years. In fact, the nation of Israel and, and God, there was this weirdness going on. And, and so what begins to happen is this drama is taking place where God then speaks to, to Elizabeth and to Mary. And God's beginning to speak. Rumors are spreading that there is going to be a Christ child. And then there, and I want you to paint this picture in your mind. It's an open field. Have you ever been in an open field at night? I want you to imagine the crickets. There's that weird bird sound that you have no idea what it is, but when it happens, it actually scares you because you can't see it at night. You hear the cracking of a stick far off, but it's quiet and it's peaceful. And the noises of the night are going on and you have these shepherds who are kind of the, the, the lowlifes of society. Shepherds are looked down upon and they're these outcasts, these men who who were kind of throwaways by society standards. Now, these particular shepherds were shepherds who were guarding a flock of sheep that were to be used at the temple for sacrifice. They were going to shed their blood for the forgiveness of sins. And here these shepherds are, being faithful in the field, watching over their flock. There is so much symbolism here, it's awesome. <laughs> and then appears to them a heavenly host. So if you have your Bibles or your app, or you want to even open your little program there, I want to encourage you to turn to Luke 2 with me this morning. And it says these words, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're watching your sheep, they're laying down. You're hearing crickets. You and your friends are trying to figure out what kind of animal that crazy bird is making that noise. We've all done it when we've gone camping, haven't we? But there you are in this peace-filled night, relaxing, when all of a sudden, heaven literally opens right in front of you. How would you react? What would your response be? 
in that moment. There was shepherds living out in the field, watching over their flocks. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel then said to them, Do not be afraid, because today I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Who was this news for? Say it out loud, church. Who was this news for? All people. It wasn't just for the Jew. It wasn't just for these three guys or four guys or how many ever there were. It was for all people. And the angels appear before them and say, we have great news. Well, what is that great news? That great news is that God loves you so much, He's going to give up His only Son for you. And you as shepherds who watch the sacrifice of these sheep for the forgiveness of sins, you're going to understand what's happening here. Because you see, I'm going to give up my son Jesus as a sacrifice for your sins. See, according to the Old Testament laws, there had to be a blood sacrifice. I know that I've teached this over in the other sanctuary. I don't know that I've taught it here yet. But there had to be a spilling of blood for sacrifice. And for a long time, animals, goats, sheep, geese, whatever you want to say, they would sacrifice these animals for the forgiveness of sin. And the reality is, as we as human beings, as Pastor Barry talked earlier, we're made in the image of God. And so this sacrifice of animals for a divinely created being is not going to be sufficient long term. And so God in His divine plan says, I'm going to send a divine sacrifice for the creatures I created in my image, and it's going to be Jesus Christ. And so He sent His Son, and when Jesus came as that sacrifice, that is the only sacrifice that was pure and good enough for the forgiveness of our sins. Isn't that cool? That He loved us that much? That's great news. You are forgiven. That's the best news that you could ever receive. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. One of the greatest confusions people have around this time of year is whether that word is clothing or cloth. <laughs> right? Let me explain it to you. When a baby's born, they've got this thing called the umbilical cord. Now stop at that. You, you cut it. And when you cut the umbilical cord, the child had to be wrapped up. And so it was a common practice among Hebrew people that when they cut the umbilical cord, they would take damp cloths and they would wrap the baby. So never again will you say clothes. <laughs> Because it was cloths. Because that's how they did it. They wrapped the child in cloths until that wound healed. Simple but neat, huh? Moving on. You will find this baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And I love this part of the Scripture. Because I don't know if you've ever had this moment in your life I had some finals last week. I'm taking some classes and, and, and I was quite overwhelmed with the amount of work that I had. And I had put the period and finished the bibliography on my last paper. I hit send. And I can't tell you, the squeal that came out of me of joy was uncontrollable. Have you ever experienced that where you accomplished something, where something so fantastic happened that you're literally having uh, one of those uh, moments where you're dancing around your house for joy? Have you ever had that moment? 
We're about to see a divine moment like that. Because you see this, this heavenly host that's telling these, these uh, shepherds about Jesus being born are about to get interrupted by something that I think is really kind of comical and awesome at the same time. Because the Word of God that says this in, in, in verse 13, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men whom on His favor rests. I mean, think about that. I have great news for you. Today in the town of Bethlehem, Jesus is born. And I want you to imagine like Brad and the band, like a group of ninjas, drop out of the ceiling. And they're so excited about Christmas that the only thing they can do is break into song. I mean, this isn't a little moment. These are the heavenly hosts. These are the angels. I mean, think about that type of joy. Do you experience that kind of joy when you think about Christ coming to earth for you? Because I think there's a lot of us that could use some interrupting joy in our life. Amen? I mean, God loves you so much. You're all so messed up. (laughs) Oh, man. And so am I. But God forgave us. He forgave me. And He forgives you. And man, if that doesn't make you excited to know that as broken and messed up as you are, that God still wants you, if that doesn't get you excited, you're dead already. Because this is good news. And all of heaven rejoices. (laughs) Can you imagine being this angel? Okay, guys, every single time I go talk to someone, you need to back up a little bit. (laughs) Because you keep interrupting me. That doesn't happen. Because... The Savior is here. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see what's happening. I think if a herd of angels just showed up in front of you, you're going to want to know what's happening too. Like something's going on. Let's go downtown and see what they're talking about. And so the angels, or the, uh, the, excuse me, the shepherds, they go to Bethlehem to see what is going on. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, which were just as they had been told. Jesus is here. And God revealed Himself to the most humble of men. And He said, I want you to be a part of this celebration. Go and worship my King. Go and worship my Son. And this Christmas, you and I are invited to go to come and to worship Jesus Christ, the Son. What a great story. What a great inclusion that this good news is for all people. God is so good. And He loves us. When we look at this scripture passage, there's, there's five key things that I, I took away from it that I want to leave you with today. And those are this. That the shepherds in the field, when we look at chapter 2, verse 8, were watching their flock. They were attentive to what they were doing. And when the angel of the, the Lord appeared to them, they were obedient and they simply listened to him. And I want to tell you this, that if you're attentive to what God's doing in your life, if you slow down just enough and say, Father, will you reveal to me your will? Will you show me your plan? I promise you, God reveals himself to you. Sometimes we're just too caught up in other things. 
Can you imagine if the shepherds had said, hey, angel, can you hold on a second? I've got to go over here and take care of this lamb problem. They were attentive to what God was saying. Church, God is saying something to you right now. Are you blowing it off? Are you pretending you don't hear it? Because God reveals His will and His plan to those that are attentive to what He's saying. God wants you to be a part of what He's doing. The second thing we see about these shepherds, and they use the word terrified here, (laughs) but when we think of the word terrified, we think of the word awe. The shepherds were in awe of what God was doing. Are you in awe of what God is doing in your life? Are you in awe of the fact that the creator of everything knows you by name and loves you enough to sacrifice himself for you? I mean, I can't stress the seriousness of that enough. This isn't little. We get excited when we bump into a celebrity and we ask for autographs, but the creator of everything knows you by name. You're pretty popular. God loves you, and you should be in awe of that. The third thing we see, the shepherds accepted the message with great eagerness. And and they didn't just simply accept the message. They, They said, okay, this is what God's doing. Let's go check it out. They then were obedient, and they acted upon what God put on their heart. There's a lot of you out there that God is putting things on your heart and we're not acting on them because we're afraid. And I want to tell you, if God has put something on your heart, be obedient to it. And I promise you, the darkness will not win because He has sent the light. Fifth thing that we see here is that they adored Him. They went and they saw Christ for what He was in that moment. A beautiful baby. Sent, put in the hands of man to become man. Fully God, fully man. And they adored Him. This Christmas, are you going to carve out time to just simply adore God? I'd like to think that's what we're doing this morning. But are you adoring Christ? Are you adoring what God has done for you and in your life? You see, I think Constantine had it right when he said, let's celebrate Christmas now. Because before Christ, there is no darker hour. But when Christ enters your life, goodness wins. The light wins. Each one of us is set free to a new, everlasting life. In fact, Jesus tells us that He is inviting us to be co-heirs with Him. We're the adopted children of God. And I tell you, that's something we're celebrating. Amen, church? Why don't we continue worshiping this morning? Father, we love You. We thank You, God, that darkness will be defeated and darkness is defeated. And God, we have reason to be joyous because You know us by name And You love us as impure and messed up as we are, God. You provided a sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins, and You are good. And so, God, give us overwhelming joy. May we have lots of ridiculous laughter. May we have moments of just interrupting joy where we just burst into song and singing praises to You. And God, this 
This isn't meant to be cheesy or corny, God, but it's meant to be real. And so, God, for those of us in this room right now that we don't have that joy, I pray that you would disturb our souls and awaken our hearts and put passion in us, God. Because we know the Creator of everything and you love us. So, God, give us peace this season. Give us joy. Give us just ridiculous amounts of joy as we worship you. Thank you, humble King. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.